everybody. It's Christine again with the Co-Living Code. Another fun episode this week. Uh, it's fun bringing you guys these amazing founders of Co-Living Concepts from around the world. And today we finally have somebody from Serbia. I've been to Serbia before. I've been to Belgrade. Um, he's actually at, in Mokran. He owns the Mokran house. It is Ivan. And he is the founder and CEO uh, it's a co-working and co-living space located in the north of Serbia. It is a modern and urban spot in rural surrounding, and studies have shown that stepping out of the regular work environment increases productivity and creativity, and that's why the Mokran House offers a program for both teams and individuals that want to replace the stressful and busy urban business environment with a more down-to-earth, nature-oriented work environment. Uh, which I can speak living in Los Angeles. It is very fast paced and it's crazy and it's like we're go, go, go and, and it's exciting. But, you know, and I can speak on a just recent experience. We just went into the mountains for a conference in Utah and um, for four days, it was very hard for me to unplug and do that. But after I did it, it just, it changed. It just, you feel the shift, right? You're in nature, you're away from the city. So like, let's launch right into that, Ivan. Like what made you start the Mokran House? You know, and you guys started May, 2016, correct? Yeah, well, the real estate actually existed a little bit before that. So what happened was this, this is our family, family estate that we, my father is originally from this region. This is a village in the north of Serbia, very close to Romania, very close to Hungary as well. So like in, in the very corner of Serbia. And we were thinking, okay, let's make this, like in 2008, we started thinking, saying, yeah, let's make this our countryside house. But in reality, all of us live in cities. The reality is that we're not gonna be spending more than a month um, in, such, um, in such a place. So what is this house going to be doing for the rest of 11 months? And we started talking like, hey, you know, like the whole world is actually facing this problem of urban migrations. People are leaving the countryside and coming to the cities. But we realized there might be a shift happening along because now you can really work from anywhere in the world as long as you have a stable internet connection. So we were thinking, what does, if you can work from anywhere, what is the main difference between uh, the, the countryside and the cities? It's pretty much the content you provide. So it's pretty much what you can find in the cities, what you cannot find in the village. So we started thinking, hey, why do we shift this paradigm around and say, what if we bring the content to the village? And we said, what if we bring something for young people? And if we're bringing something for young people, let's have young people make something for young people. So the architectural project of Mokran House started already in 2011. And we have five buildings at the moment. Each building was built in a year. So basically until 2016, we were building a, 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 an object, a project, um, well, a building a year. And we would pause in the summer and we would create these like festivals, art uh, colonies, uh, workshops, plays, and so we that was going really well. But we were thinking, okay, at the moment it was all family funded. We were, how are we going to make this sustainable? That was the main question we started asking to ourselves. And then that's the moment I stepped in. The reason how I stepped in is before I was doing this, I was actually a social media marketing specialist. So I was able to. I was working for a corporation first. Then I quit my job after two years, became a freelancer, and that's how I started working at co-working spaces. And whenever I was late. On my projects, I would come here, isolate myself. It was already semi-existent. There were some buildings, some were not. And so I was always, whenever I come here, I notice that I'm much more productive because I can, because I can just you know, detach from everything and just start focus on my work. And I'd be done with what it took me five days to do in, in, in my hometown or in a city. It would take me like a three days to do here. So I was like, hey, I might not be the only lunatic that can work like this. Maybe there's some other people that want to do this from time to time. 
So we started talking with the family as well. And uh, I went to the, in Milan, there was a co-working conference in 2015 in November. And if I remember, there was a couple of moments where I was, when I realized when everything kind of started falling together in my mind, like a, like a, like a mosaic, I was, okay, we have a space. It's a little bit rural. Yeah, but we have the staff. We have a good architecture. We have solid internet, everything. Why wouldn't we make this a co-living space and co-working and a co-living space? So I pitched this idea to the family. Um, and, you know, my, my father said, if you want to take on responsibility for this, go for it. And that's how the idea was formed. So in uh, 2016, January, I took over the whole project and, and we managed to launch by May launch a new website, completely rebrand, do everything, get ready for the season. And that was the first, that was the get-go. Oh my so, gosh, I love it. What a great story. And how many beds, how many rooms or beds do you guys have total between all the properties? So at the moment, we can house up to 40 people very comfortably. But we've done some events where we had more than 100 people, where we used the local homestay that is available to us in the, in the community, whether that is the village or the neighboring town, which is about 10 kilometers from here. So we've done a lot of events that are above that. Uh, so for example, we'll be organizing a TEDx two, two years in a row. This is going to be our third, hopefully. Um, we're going to be organized that. So, so, you know, we have these kind of conferences that sometimes end up being 100, 100 plus people and we manage to house everybody. But our original capacity is about 40. Awesome. So oh my gosh. This year, actually. And then it sounds like you guys, so you guys do corporate retreats, right? In a way, not really corporate because we're not as not not big enough to do like a corporate retreat. More like you know teams. So a marketing team can come by fifteen people, twenty people, but that doesn't ever exclude our digital nomads and just individuals who are here. We always have like a special reserved capacity for them as well. So even if a company wants to book the whole estate, we kind of um, manage not to completely overbook it. So we can always allow some people who are staying for more than you know, because our average length of stay is seventeen point one days. So people actually spend a long time here. Some people spend the maximum of three months, which is legally possible. And some people have even gotten to legal, legal um, administration issues to, to stay longer. We, we managed to do that as well. Because are you saying it's three month maximum because of visa issues or why would it be a three month maximum? It's like, uh, well, it's 90 days out of 180. So it's three months and more or less. But if you, for example, enroll in a Serbian language school, you can stay longer. Interesting. Okay. So that's an actual occupancy law that you guys have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a visa law that you cannot, well, not a visa. It's just, a, it's pretty much everywhere in Europe, 90 days out of 180. In the Schengen zone as well, it's like, if you're anywhere in Europe, which is in the Schengen zone, it's 90 days out of 180. And Serbia has a reciprocal law like that because it's trying to... Um, copy paste as many laws with the EU so that one day you can join it. Oh, interesting. Okay. And you've been there. Have you lived anywhere else um, in the world? I was, I was living in, um, so I, I, was, I was born in a city. I was born in Novi Sad, which is the second biggest city in Serbia. And for 14 years I lived there. Then I went to I was in, uh, can you hear me well? Yeah, I was in Spain for some time, and then uh, I lived in Budapest, which is in Hungary. Some I spent some time. And then I decided to come back. Nice. No, that's awesome. And then do you, what's your minimum night? Do you have like a one night, two night? What's your minimum stay? One night is, is, is 
we don't have a minimum in that sense. If you can, if you want to come to for a day, and we even we even had examples of people who would come to work for a day. We have a co. So the co-working is actually like you can you can rent a desk for a day if you want, but it's actually free for all the locals. Everybody who's in this county can can work here for for free. Nice. Oh my gosh, that's great. And then what you know? Let's see here. Another question: like, what is the demographic of the people that stay there? Is it girls? Is it guys? What are the ages? So when it comes to the when it comes to demographic, it's actually quite equal. 50, uh, almost fifty-fifty guys and girls. Some median age that we calculated was about thirty-one years, and uh, we had more than one thousand individuals from more than fifty countries. Uh, the dominant ones had happened to be Americans because of the, I guess Americans. You guys are really like on the on the front end of this kind of like this this train that is this digital nomad or remote work. Um, there's remote work uh, train, and so that's why. And plus, there's a lot of Americans compared to other nations, I guess. So we just really had the the, the luck to have the majority, not the majority. It's but it's if you took the whole vast, maybe about twenty percent of all of our guests are Americans. Ivan, you're so good. You know all of these numbers off the top of your head. I love it. <laughs> when I'm talking about the individuals, when it comes to groups, we're more focusing on the on the region. So you would have a Romanian team, but the thing is, you hear teams come from. They're multinational companies, and then you know you have people that are majority, let's say, Serbian or Romanian or Hungarian, but the people in the teams can be from all around. So that that is more regional based, I would say, when it comes to the team visits. But individuals, we have almost no regional people. Got it. So actually, like from very far away, and we have people from Mongolia, Ireland, America, you know, China. Interesting, interesting. And then do you personally live at your concept or do you live somewhere else? I do. I that you here. have the whole time? I have been living here for two and a half years now. And actually I've been living on the estate and what I'm looking into now is actually buying a house here. That's another thing that we are uh, starting to roll out maybe this year. We're far along with our plans. So we found uh, a way where we're thinking, um, Let's say you're a digital nomad and you're traveling the world and, and you don't have a permanent base, but you want to have a place where you want to spend some of the time with you, maybe a month, right? So you could buy a property here and property here is really cheap, fifteen twenty thousand dollars $20,000 for a house and, and, and garden and everything. You know? So if you uh, provide a further investment of making it up to our standards, what we will promise to do and we can sign a contract based on that is that you can use that house for a month. We set the period when, where. And for the rest of the 11 months, we rent it out because we need to expand our capacity. So uh, what I'm looking into doing now, because it's a little bit, I'm operationally running things still, and I'm looking to bring another person on our team that's going to take over the operations, which is actually happening at the moment, uh, bringing in another person. But um, I, I live on my job, which is a little bit stressful after two and a half years. I love it. But, you know, like you need to step away from some time. And I'm quite mobile. I move around. I'm an hour away from a couple of cities where I have dear friends and family. So I move, you know, about, about five days a week, four or five days a week, I'm here. I love that. No, and hey, you're preaching to the choir. I'm a uh, same thing. I live in my concept too <laughs> and have, and yeah. you're right. And I tell people, and I love it. And I live with the most amazing people and it's the most inspiring environment. So it's awesome, but you're living in your job. Like you're literally yeah. living in your job. So... Um, you know, because the people don't look at the same way. That, and I guess, I don't know if you, you can tell me this is the same for you. But for example, you know, I look at it and there's like, you know, a bit, bit of dust in that corner, you know, like, and I'm looking, huh, 
Why is that there? Why is it not clean? Why is that? Like, I'm always thinking about it from the business side, like not business side, but like from a host's kind of side. And that's why I can never, not never, but it's harder for me to relax. And then I need, need that, you know, kind of like, plus I always need to be on sound. I feel like I need to be a good host. And sometimes I need to relax a little bit. So I'm hoping to get a house literally somewhere down the street, still be very, very inter interwoven with the community, connected to the community, but also have a little bit of peace sometimes for myself. But honestly, these two and a half years have been amazing. I met some of the most amazing people, both, both locally and internationally, really. No, you're right. And you nailed it. It's exactly that. It's because we're trying to curate and, and provide this amazing experience for everybody living there. And so mm -hmm. we're no, same thing. Like I'm always noticing things and yeah, I'm not like the receiver of living at the place. I'm like, yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, I, I, I get it for sure. Um, so let's see here. My next question is, you know, what is, what is, sounds like you alluded to it already about the people. So is that your favorite part about running a co-living concept? There's two parts. I would definitely say people is one of them. And then this, the fact that where we are and the, how people shift when they come to a secluded area like this and living in the countryside and having, having the ability to live the modern life in the countryside are the two things that drive me. So definitely the people, but also definitely the fact that I don't know what traffic jams are anymore. I have my time on my hands way more than I did before. I can, uh, and the thing is, you know, because I'm here where I am, when, when, I, when, when I go somewhere, I can plan who I see. Like the thing is, and people when, come, when people come to visit me, it's a different thing because, you know, you don't go out for a drink with someone because after one, everybody goes home. Here, it's a whole experience. People come, stay over, it's more intimate. People are not looking at their phones because they don't have plans afterwards because they're here and there, that, that's it. That ability to just completely bring people out of the that that uh, crazy environment the city provides, and I mean, and then being able to just connect with him, with them on a different level—it's something that I cannot appreciate enough. I honestly think, I hope that I will be running or be including in this including this project for a very very long time, honestly. But even if I wasn't, I don't think I would go back to a city living in the city anymore, honestly. Interesting. So that's, those are two aspects, the people and that, I don't know, I feel like living in the countryside now, eating, we have an organic farm here that you can go pick out your own fruit. Uh, you know, being a part of the small community, there's something that, there's, that I think we've lost as a generation or as a whole global movement, we've lost that, that sense of community. And I regained it really, here the, the, you know, the name where it comes and I heard this, wonderful thing from from a local neighbor who, when I was moving in or like when I was just starting living here she brought the cake over and I was like oh my god I feel so uncomfortable I don't know I didn't know what to do how do I respond like I was like completely out of my comfort zone and I went out and like bought a bottle of wine and brought it to her family and I said hey hi I like I'm sorry hey I don't know and I was so uncomfortable and she's like hey why are you uncomfortable for man like you know in Mokrin and um, you, in Mokrin your neighbor is your closest relative you just have to nourish that and I was like wow like, I don't, I don't know, like there's whole different aspect of the community. And also I'm included in the community things. I'm a part of the local football team. I play football on the weekends on like, uh, it's, like a, it's like a Sunday league football, you know, like, so, and, I, and, and I'm a part of this local community now where that's a whole different aspect to what I also do. One of the things that, for example, I, I do it as well as 
it's crazy. It's a crazy difference. I'm also a counselor for the prime minister of Serbia for creative industries. Yeah, so Serbia turned out to be a really good country for uh, remote workers because actually the quality uh, quality price ratio is still very good, and there's a growing tourism, professional tourism. Let's say people who are coming to stay for a few times. There's a lot of remote workers who come and stay in uh, come to come to Europe, but can't stay because of the Schengen zone. Can't stay in Europe for more than 90 days out of 180, then then use these non-Schengen countries as, as a pause. We recognize that as, a, as one of the potentials for, for growth in this particular region. And they, uh, last November, so a year and something ago, um, I got invited into the prime minister's office to help out with, uh, because the creative sector, in the creative industry is such a large sector, it encompasses so many things. So there's representative, representatives of festivals and other things and I'm basically represent one of the representatives of the co-working co-living movement and we're trying to make laws I mean to, to you know kind of like corner the Serbian government to think about um, basically uh, making everything easier for the for the for the foreigners to stay and work here and do you guys meet that's really cool so do you go is it in Belgrade do you go out to Belgrade to meet once a month yeah basically once a month and then depending on uh, what are the different uh, areas of the projects or, or basically different projects if something is allocated to the festivals other people do it I don't, I don't get involved if something is with the artists or the galleries I don't get involved but anything that's conference based there's the remote workers and all of that like that kind of uh, IT and then I'm included in that process so for example we worked on bringing DLD conference here so DLD is one of the biggest European conferences when it comes to tech like Zuckerberg spoke there Sandberg uh, Lady Gaga I don't know so they, they do these salon versions all around uh, the world actually uh, and they did one in Belgrade this year I kind of helped coordinate that in a way. this is that the government wants to focus on in making Serbia more attractive for people who are uh, remote workers or, or digital nomads, they kind of, I'm semi-included in that process. That is awesome. Oh my God, I love hearing that, that you have such an active role in your community on helping elevate. And like I said, Serbia is such an amazing place. I don't think it gets enough credit because people, a lot of people haven't been there yet to see how magical it is. We have a, the, the problem with Serbia is that it has a really negative recent history where people still have in the now, maybe 20 years, 30 years has passed since the recent wars. And now people are kind of like considering to, 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 you know, as a potential tourist destination. Tourism is growing every year and visitors, number of visitors are growing every year, uh, basically because it's still, a, it's, it's an interesting country, like all our countries are, but it hasn't been on the radar for many, for many people. So now it's hopefully uh, it's going to be more and more. So let's see. And then Ivan, I know that you've told me before that you have a podcast. So definitely let everybody know about that so they can check it out. So the podcast is in Serbia. It's called Soft of Sredom. It's actually uh, the whole continuation of what we wanted to do is we have a lot of events here, as I said, for, for the local community. We wanted to create, to bring in interesting people that have interesting stories from all around the world, uh, from around the region to, to talk here in our little, small little community. But and it's always like 30 people, 40 people that listen to the speaker come. It's just like a sovereign, it's a Turkish word. It's basically a lower sitting. And Sredo means Wednesday, so every Wednesday if somebody comes here, we sit down, we have tea, we talk. Like it's like this podcast, like you and I, like we're sitting down on a coffee, uh, talking about life and general topics, like, you know, maybe something industry-based or maybe something completely, completely different. And then we talk about, and we have people listen, on, listen in, but we wanted to kind of have it so that more people can listen to it. So that's why we made a podcast. And yeah, we launched about a month ago or something like this, more or less. 
uh, and yeah, it's going, going quite well. Love, love, love that. And then one other point um, we haven't talked about yet is technology. So like to run your operation there at Mockran House, what are you guys using um, for bookings or for scheduling and events and all that fun stuff? Yeah, well, this is still, you know, quite, uh, we haven't found the right model for us. Still we're using uh, pretty much regular tools like in, in our internal communication, we're using Slack and, and here Viber is quite big. So Viber, Viber groups. And uh, we're using, you know, still Excel. You know, the bookings we have a system that that, that works, but um, we tried a few softwares, but we didn't find the right solution. We're still uh, doing it because we have such a complicated system. Because we have both the rooms and the food and the drinks and the activities and tickets and everything, we haven't found one single system that helps us do everything because. We also have a complicated tax system, and then that system needs to be incorporated with our tax system. So it's quite, uh, we're still using really basic technology in the sense Excel and some other custom-made tools that we made for ourselves that we need. Got it. And then, oh, so talking about the food and the events, do you guys include that? So when somebody stays there at Mockern House, do you guys, is it like a flat rate? Is there food included in events? Absolutely. We have, uh, when you stay at Mockern House, you have three meals included every day, and we have a uh, our small organic farm that is near 400 meters from our house and you can even on, on in summers we even have something called uh, pick your own lunch where you go to the to the to the house the farm and you just pick whatever is in the garden and then you make your own salad for yourself if you want uh, other than that yeah all the food is included and the most of most of the events if you're staying with us even if there's like a fee for for entrance uh, on the event you don't pay that fee so it's we really try to focus to to uh, have really interesting content for our members and do you guys ever invite the community in for your events or is it just strictly the people staying there i don't know it's we really try to there's some events that are not they're only for our members but the majority is the vast 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 majority is for all the members of the local community as well so people who live in mokrin or in the, in the area or you want to come and drive we we have uh, uh, we have fun, interesting events. We have people coming in from Belgrade and Novisa, which are about an hour and a half to two hours away. Um, so, for example, when we organize a TEDx, we have the majority of guests from the outside, meaning outside of our local community. And, um, yeah, we have a lot of camps, concerts, all of these different things. People come from all around. And uh, so, yeah, so it's... But we really try to um, create comment, uh, content for our local community and our, and our members. This is our... Are really our real focus, and then whoever comes from the side is well, more than welcome. But this is who we are aiming it towards primarily. Awesome. And then my question that I ask every single person, my last question of the interview is Ivan, where do you see co living just as a movement going in the future? Well, I think it's uh, definitely going to be expanding. There's a, I think it's focusing on the urban areas. Definitely, there's going to be more and more co living spaces because. Some, in some places because of the prices, of the, in some places because people want to have community and don't want to be isolated. And I feel that there should be more spaces like Mokrin because not a lot of people, not all people want to live in cities all the time. So I think um, in general, yes, the villages and smaller towns are decreasing and dying in a way, but there are going to be a few bright spots all across the globe uh, where you could tap into the local community. Uh, and it's going to have, it's going to be quite niche, I believe. Uh, so, you know, if you're a surfer, you might want to go to somewhere in the south, you know, Portugal and you have a small village in Portugal for three in the day and then 
um, surf or work during the night whenever your shift is and then surf whenever you want to or if you want to focus on food you could come to us or if you want to focus on skiing you go I don't know escape or somewhere like this these like small spaces all around the, the world hopefully and then definitely in big urban centers you can I think we can expect uh, growth in large co-living spaces where people are going to be coming there either for price because probably it's going to be more affordable or uh, we're going to be coming for the community. I love that. That is a perfect way to end. I'm definitely going to come visit Ivan. Like, I mean, to go out to a garden and pick your own lunch, like during the summer, like how awesome is that? That is amazing. And it'll give me a break from the crazy, you know, Los Angeles city vibe. <laughs> I, think, I think, you know, as I say some of the times, like, I think places like Mokrin, not all people are going to want to live like this, but I've been living like this for two and a half years, and I don't think I could, I would like to go to back to a big city. I love this kind of lifestyle, even though I was born in the city and raised in the city, and lived in cities pretty much all my life, majority of my life. But, you know, I think places like this, all, all the majority of people need these kind of places. Some of the time, some people are going to need most of the time, some people all the time. And that's why we can expect the growth of, of, of places that are rural but modern because of the lifestyle, not, not, uh, not like living in the past. Love it. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much for your time, Ivan. We really appreciate it. Um, I know people will get tons of value from this interview with you and good luck with everything. And I'm sure we will meet soon. I can meet you and then see you either at the conference or see you while you're in Serbia. Yes, definitely. Okay. Bye, Ivan.